This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. <laughs> Hello, stranger. It's been a while. It has. We've had a little, a few weeks break of the podcast for a couple of different reasons and it worked out all for the best because you were a bit unwell and then I was a bit unwell and then you've got this amazing solo exhibition which today is the day that we're recording is the first official open day of that which I think is a really great timing and then I went away for a few days and had a wonderful offline off-grid kind of experience for four days so now we're just checking back in. I feel like I've been in a big bubble back, like a real, you know, they call it like baby brain when you have a baby, like mm-hmm. because you're just in this baby bubble when they come out and all you can think about is the baby and you just, you're literally like block the whole world out. Mm-hmm. I definitely was in a paint bubble, like no concept of anything else, especially for the last week where it was like delivery time. You know, you've been up to midnight some nights on delivery yep. countdown and just like yeah. working so hard. It's <laughs> so <been> I would- crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's if been- I tell you the long story today, we would take way too long. Yeah. But it's been crazy and and lots of good crazy though in, in a way of like, there's very few times that you can get really that obsessed about things, you know? Yeah. Where you're just immersed in it completely. Yeah. And I think I immersed myself quite well, (laughs) like (laughs) literally was in paint. Yeah. As I said, it's the first, it's the opening day of the exhibition. You're going to have an official kind of opening night on Saturday night. But just to let everyone know, because it's the 20th of April, 2023, because, you know, people can be listening to this many... (laughs) Many months yes. and years into the future. But it's open today. It's at Fenton and Fenton in Melbourne. Yeah. And I've been seeing just some of the, uh, you know, visuals and videos hitting the Fenton and Fenton Instagram page and also your page at Michelle Luminato. And it's just looking gorgeous. And I can't wait. I can't unfortunately get to be there from Brisbane to see it in person, but I'm really looking forward because I know that. Fenton and Fenton will be putting on a fabulous show and it's a wonderful showroom that you've got all full of your work and there's a lot to the presentation as well so I want to see lots of video ma'am of so I can have that experience. I'm gonna feel like I'm very spammy in the next few weeks because I really haven't had a lot of time to share like I literally was just so immersed in the painting process that I just had no capacity to really get on there and overshare what was coming out of the studio. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now it's going to be revealing all of it. There's 35 pieces that are exhibited. So it's a, it's a lot of work um, varying in sizes and from from some very large ones to some very small ones. So it's kind of, yeah, it's got the spectrum. What's really lovely about Fenton & Fenton is they do such a good job at presenting it in context mm-hmm for people to really visualize what that could be like if they were to take that into their home and experience that for themselves. And they did an amazing photo shoot, which I was honored to be a part of and really watch them do their magic. So I feel like it was just such a perfect marriage of partnership Mm -hmm. with, you know, the kind of work I want to make and how they really 
bring it to life for collectors. And there's some amazing shots that we will be showing today. Actually, there's some coming out already in the stories this morning. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And um, I, I did get to have some photos of myself taken, which is not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> and but after I all did, this really intensive yeah. period as well, you had to like I, pull yourself pretend, together enough to that have no. photos. <laughs> yeah. It was actually like a really good excuse to scrub up a little bit because mm-hmm. I was literally picking paint and medium off for days. I even at one point had to take off my wedding ring set and just put it aside because I kept, you know, getting so much stuff on it. So yeah, it's, it was nice to clean up and actually feel a little bit pretty for a minute <laughs> instead of <laughs> After so not, grubby. Not washing, eating or doing anything else for a week. Yeah, and you're just, it was like, yeah, covered what? In grime. Yeah, and my husband looked human. at the photos and he was like, who is this? <laughs> That's <laughs> wonderful. Exactly, because, you know, when I'm painting, it's really, it's, I'm Gets unsightly. It's, <laughs> and not only does it get rough, but I am rough. I am <laughs> filthy. My, my pants, my track pants, my, as they call them over here in Australia, my trackies are just covered yeah. in stuff because I'm on the ground um but I'm up and down up and down painting and April like it's just anything goes back anything goes <laughs> it's flying it's um, flying I know that we're going to be unpacking your whole experience of this from beginning to now to beyond um, both in the Origin Art membership, we're going to go into a lot more detailed debrief there. But also I feel like we're going to be talking about this in, from different aspects on the podcast for a little while as well. What I really wanted to kind of relax into today was just a, just a chat more about, aside from all of those details and all the learnings and the business side and the, you know, the practical side, just more like I've been watching you make some massive leaps in yourself. And and just to give a bit of context, because I know this. And again, there's a lot of details to this story, which we could talk about for hours. But a really brief summary is that, as we've talked about, this new sculptural work that you're doing has been in the background for a couple of years, and then you put it aside, and then started experimenting you had an open studios when you really felt like, okay, I'm going to bring some of these pieces out into my open studio and let people see them. And then very quickly, that's what kicked off a series of events to Fenton and Fenton saying, let's do a solo exhibition. Pretty quickly, you were like, okay, now this work that I've been developing, but I've just really started to show and share. Now I actually need to create a big body of that work for this exhibition and you mentioned the sizing before and I know that in that time period of uh, planning what you needed to to make for the exhibition you you kind of broke your own record for the size that you created this at multiple times you're like okay well I'll create some of these bigger things and you're like okay I need to go no I need something bigger so you went bigger again and bigger again so and then <laughs> there's, well, there was a last uh, yeah. minute venue change and you had to suddenly increase the number because you wanted to really fill that space and, and have your vision realized. And so there's a lot of practical stuff there, but just like in an emotional uh, Yeah, growth. that's that's where my head is too because honestly I was thinking about that and like 
I just felt like it was literally the biggest growth emotional experience that I could have. And what I'm really proud of, like I'm really proud of the work because mm -hmm. obviously I put everything into it. I did not leave anything in the tank, but I'm really proud of who I've become because of it and what I've had to do for myself and what I've had to let go of and what I've had to lean into and how I've actually been like, huh, I'm actually capable of more than I have always thought again. And I think that that's what's good about pressure. Well, let me speak from past experience. Pressure has cracked me before in ways that makes me crumble, literally get on the floor and cry crumble. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was really feeling like, I really want to do this work, you know, and I, I was really committed from the beginning because I, I actually asked them, I said, can I do a solo show right when they said they want to start carrying my work? I knew I could do it. I hadn't done it yet, but I was like, no, I can do this. I want to do this. And when you want to do it, you find a way to do it, even if you don't know how to do it, because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do most of it. Seriously, like especially with the sculptural work. And then 30 days later, they're like, hey, how about we do a solo show? So yeah. that's kind of how that evolved. But I think, you know, if you really believe in yourself, like it's okay to ask because then mm. they know that you believe, then they become more believing as well. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I don't think they would have necessarily asked me quickly if I wouldn't have already asked. And then it did evolve and change in terms of timeline and where it was at and stuff like that, because that's just the way it worked out, which worked out even better by the way yeah. the universe, I just so believe has a better plan than what you have in your head it's so, like the, the universe kept one-upping the yeah. the bid on you you asked for the solo show and yep and then the universe has said how about a little bit more michelle and you're like okay yes and then the universe was like why don't we take that up another notch and you're like okay i got you i'm doing it um <laughs> from the outside looking in it feels like that what you're saying about both wanting it and believing that you could do it felt like that was somewhat the difference between, like you said before, the pressure crumbling versus the pressure <laughs> maybe you lifting because that's what I saw. It, Despite all of this as well, you've also still been having calls within the Origin Art membership during this time. So in those calls, I've been amazed to see you sharing perspectives and kind of approaches that you've been I don't know it strikes me that it, that that you've been realizing re within the crucible of you know within the fire of this pressure you've been then coming to the calls and going hey you know when we talk about our authentic core I've had some deeper realizations about it and it's this, this, and this. And I'm like, this woman is like strung out <laughs> making a whole exhibition and yet somehow she's got this additional insight now, which I found really useful. Um, she's brought this additional insight that's to me shown you found a deeper place within yourself to go, even deeper than you had before within that process that's what mm -hmm. i was really kind yeah, of blown yeah. away by and that's what i mean by i have seen that happen with you because i've been able to see what yeah. you then turn that into something to bring to others what did that feel like in in that fire in that you know, moment yeah i think 
and I'm I'm being completely honest and transparent here. Like having it come easy hasn't always been natural for me. Things felt like it was hard. I had to work for things really, you know, in a hard way. Like mm-hmm. like I think we talked about like in school didn't come easy. Art was fun, but you know, I was always like had to work a little harder, you know, that kind of thing. So for me to relax into like let this be easy. Let mm-hmm. this come with ease as in you know, with flow, I would literally say a mantra as I would wake up and go to bed with my eyes closed. Success is inevitable. Success is inevitable. I would literally tell myself to the point where like I could feel it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know that sounds a little cliche and cheesy, but I had to get through some really tough times where the previous version of myself would have cried and crumbled. I mean, so many things happened. So many things. Like, honestly, the list is so long. This is going to take a while to unravel because it has yeah. been going on for some time. And some of that has to do with me and my work. And some of it was just logistical, you know, things that impacted things. And and then there's the work itself. Like, there's just so many layers to doing this kind of work and and doing work that pushed me out of my comfort zone Mm. you know and I think that's one thing that I I wanted to get from it there's lots of things I wanted to get from it but one of the things I really wanted to get from it was to really push myself out of my comfort zone and do things that I knew I had a vision for but I did not know how to do it and so it tested my skills tested my belief tested my material like there was just all these things that really pushed the boundaries and so I failed a lot along the way and instead of going oh my god <laughs> like I had no time to wallow no time. <laughs> in my sorrows I really didn't yeah. and I think that's the good thing about when you're in a bit of a time crunch too especially towards the end you're like it's go time there's no time to there's no time to feel sorry for yourself There's no time to sit there and be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm going to start crying for the next 24 hours, you know, because again, without getting into the details of it yet, sometimes things were not going in the way that I had wanted them to give Mm -hmm. you one vague example right now without too much detail. But because I had worked through so many pieces, which I like to call them studies, you know, whether they're large or small, that's the process that I teach in Origin Art. The volume of that, which you know, I'm a big fan of like, you've got to do the volume of work. It's the volume of work that teaches you things and shows you things and inspires new things, right? I had done this bigger piece at the beginning, then I made all this smaller work, and then I went around to bigger work again, and I had learned so much. And then when I saw that earlier work, I was like, I do not like you because I'd grown. I had evolved it to the point where it felt more of what I envisioned. And so I was like, well, what do I do now? And so there was a bit of a crisis because something that seemed like it was going to work didn't work anymore. It was me saying, no, that's not the standard that we're at now because we're over here now. And that created a little chaos. But how I responded in that was really interesting because for me, I was kind of observing and going, well, what do we do? I was literally having just a quick like scream to myself, 14-year-old, like I really sounded like my 14 I was like, ah, 
what are we going to do? Oh my God. <laughs> like it was. I've already done wanna... that because you'd already done this big piece. I photographed yeah. it and I was like, don't like you. That you couldn't imagine seeing that on the wall at the exhibition. No, no. And it was, it was, it was literally like, what are you going to do? I had to make some decisions and wallowing in my feeling bad about it was not one of those options. And I do believe that meditation and tapping and all this stuff, I'm serious. Got you through, yeah. It got me through it because I was, I went to a deeper place. I did not go into, oh my gosh, you know, poor me. How could, what am I going to do now? I went into what is the best way, my most resourceful way to solve this right mm. now. And I was literally gambling. Like I felt like a little bit of a gambler. Like mm -hmm. this is either going to really, you know, save it or it's just not going to work. But I was like, what have I got to lose? And then here's the other thing. Because that failed, it then made me push harder on another one that I was going to be like, well, I hope that one gets through, but I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. Then I was like, oh, no, you were going to pull through because this one might not. And so instead of you know, one failing one, I ended up with two. That and then I feel, I mean, I don't know what the timing was, but I think you probably then had to push through and do a whole bunch more that you weren't even anticipating at that point in time. Exactly. And and the other wild card was I got the flu the week yes. before the final week. So yeah. I was literally sick with the flu with my whole family and could not paint. I would go paint for an hour and I would go lay down for an hour and I would go paint mm -hmm. for an hour and lay down. Like I literally was like, you cannot have the flu, but how do you finish an exhibition and have the flu? It was, it was rough. It was definitely rough. So what I get a sense of about how you were going deeper, getting these deeper insights and like immediately it sounds like that pressure was creating a lot of like iterative growth day on day on day. Like you were saying, you'd already yeah. kind of surpassed yourself within a few days of, of that. I'm guessing or I'm wondering if how that was happening like that and, and it's reflected in the kind of decisions you're talking about there is part of you saying like, this is what I asked for, this is the opportunity, and it's an opportunity to really show, to really like be fully myself and kind of mm -hmm. show the most extended version of who I can be right now, not to say that there's not going to be yep. another Michelle in a year's yeah, time, yeah. But, but you wanted to like really be all that you could be in this opportunity. So in those moments, it, it wasn't enough to say of that painting, oh, but I could put that on the wall and it's going to be fine because you were really wanting to push the limits of expressing, and this kind of comes back, I think, to the authentic core we talk mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. um, you really wanted to not just to have an exhibition. You wanted to have an exhibition which was authentically, expressively, as much of Michelle as she could get out of herself. And so <laughs> yes. like something that wasn't quite there wasn't what you really wanted. So that kind exactly. of gave you that energy yeah. to you know, this isn't, uh, what I want is yeah. more. Um, yes. And not settling. I guess that's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah. You didn't want to settle for something that was acceptable would have been completely wonderful in the eyes of other people. But this was like the moment that you wanted to live yeah. that entirely, yeah. what you 
what you teach as well, I guess, is a little bit of practicing what you teach too. Definitely. Like I, I knew I wouldn't be satisfied with mm-hmm. me saying, oh, that'll do. That'll have to do. It's already done. For me, I wasn't satisfied. I couldn't be proud of it in, this, in the way that felt like it really did express what I wanted it to feel like. And I always mm-hmm. go back to, how do you know when a painting's done? When it feels the way I want it to feel. You know, and when you learn how to express it better mm-hmm. and then that's the standard, then you're never satisfied. Well, maybe maybe other people are, but I'm never satisfied. Once my standard is raised and, oh, that's how I express it, then that's the bar and then everything needs to raise to that bar. And I think that's the other thing that I was thinking about too is when you work through a body of work like this, um, from a volume perspective, you just raise the bar along Mm -hmm. the way because that volume helps you see things that you couldn't see before. It helps you work quicker as well. What I also found really interesting is that I've let go of some fussiness and Mm -hmm. over tinkering that I do with things um, because I was like, is that going to actually make or break it or does it already have it? I'm like, okay, let go. It's okay. That's great. I love that because you're right. Having a deadline is a great way to get you to drop the, like you say, the fussing with stuff that's more putting off in a way. Like it's more hanging out in the doubt rather than making those decisions and recognizing what's the real key. And also when something bad happens, like a disastrous, again, a different painting, but something (laughs) didn't go right with this particular painting, again, literally right at the last minute. And then I had to go over it with another layer and it turned out better. I was like, oh, well, guess that's what you wanted. Like it was just one of those things that I really had to let go a lot in, Mm. in the sense of like raise my standard and hold that standard, but also like if it's if it's got the feeling, let go. Mm. I don't need to overthink it, overdo it, because then you're just changing it, you know, and making it different. You're not necessarily improving it. It's an incredible push and pull, isn't it? Because we just talked about this idea of how your desire to have something that was very authentic, expressive, you know, really to dig deep and put that out Mm -hmm. on the canvas. So there's a lot of vulnerability in that. Yeah. And then there's probably then the pull to want to do that and then somehow perfect things. I think that's what we're talking about, that kind of fussiness, that kind of, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have this solo exhibition that's got my name over it. It's this huge room full of me on walls yeah. like the more yeah. authentic we are and the more vulnerable there's a more tendency as you say to start locking down on that trying to make things perfect and kind of secure yourself at the same time as being vulnerable but like you said you started when we started talking you said I've let go of so much and that really jumped out to me as well because I think you were letting go and let go of those kind of safety nets of the the fussing or the wanting it to be 
it's trying to control the outcome. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was part of the letting go. I'm going to deliver this. This is what yeah. I want. I'm going to let go of those kind of other expectations or which you've talked about a lot and has had an impact on me the idea that a lot of the things that can maybe hang us up when we go into the studio is having fixed expectations about how the work's got to be and so when the work doesn't meet those expectations then we get all gunked up in like feeling bad about that and why isn't it like this and instead of that to let go of those expectations to go with the work oh my gosh so I that's can literally done. <laughs> gaze around everything in my studio, which was another whole separate topic about studio conditions. Yeah. Um, but when I gaze around in memory of the space, there wasn't one painting that like performed exactly the way it was supposed to. And mm-hmm. thank goodness I'd kind of gotten to the point where I could really go, well, what do you want to be? This is what I had planned for you, but now you're going to obviously tell me. And had to work through that. And I probably wouldn't have an exhibition hanging if I wouldn't have kind of overcome that hurdle of let's just see what happens along the way. And when it's not working, it's trying to tell me something. You know, when it's not working, it's trying to evolve into something better. Because here's the part that's so surprising. And I don't know why I'm still surprised by this, but it's always better than what I even imagined. And every time it happens, I'm like, oh my gosh, how cool. So I just think that that was a huge part of the letting go as well as being really open to interpretation. You know, Mm -hmm. again, when things didn't go right and, you know, literally I could list every single painting of like, well, this happened to this one and this happened to this one. And I could literally do that on every single one of them. So I think they always go to another place like they grow you know how we talk about like I've grown through the process Mm. they actually grow through the painful experience as well and become something better so it's very yeah it's very strange in that way and I think if we can be open to that I think the reason why there is 35 pieces is because I was just going with the flow I was like that's not working what's next go you know and it was literally an ebb and flow experience of riding a roller coaster and I think I got really comfortable of like it's a good it's a down it's a good it's a down <laughs> and it became <laughs> Just keep going. less emotional um, uh-huh. you know you can ask my family they'll say it was a little different but I literally didn't have meltdowns and cry which there was times where I the old me would have been like, let's just bust into some tears right now. That would be really good. <laughs> that would be helpful. Crumble. Yeah, that would be <laughs> helpful. Right at the very last thing that happened, I wanted to, but then I was like, yeah, I think it turned out better. It's all right. So it was just, you know, like, again, that thing of being really open to what it can be. Mm-hmm. And in the end, if you're open to that, it'll show you something that you couldn't think of. You know, and I think that's what's really fascinating. It's, you know, it takes you to a place that does push you out of your comfort zone, but also takes you to a place that you can't even imagine that's even better. Because for me, they're all better than what I probably imagined. You know, in some ways they came out differently, but everything that is there, it works and I'm proud of you know, and I feel like it does express myself. Now, one of the challenges that I had, and it was a physical challenge, my space Mm -hmm. is very small. 
It's like a single car garage. It was so cramped. I was shimmying under and around, holding in my stomach as I'm passing through two paintings to get to another area. And then in the end, I had to move some paintings in the house because there was physically no room in the studio. So at one point, I was painting on my kitchen table, which I found really frustrating after working in the studio for so long. And obviously, no one could eat dinner there for like a week. What's eating? Go out, kids. Go out and get some takeaway. That take was away. a whole other thing. Here's a few the bucks. Whole, the, the family was so supportive um, yeah. because then I had to hang a huge sculptural piece in the hallway. And I was like, no one's allowed to go out the front door or be in this hallway. You need to steer steer clear of this area. But yeah, they they let me be immersed into it and very much let me be in that bubble. And I, there's been many bubbles, but this has definitely been one of the most intense bubbles I've been in. And them just letting me be in that was amazing, amazing. I mean, amazing in the sense like when people can just get out of your way and let you do your thing, mm. you know, and and again, I feel this is where I had to set aside the mom guilt. I was like, okay, not going to buy into like, oh my gosh, I've just sent my son on his bike to go buy milk and any protein bars he can scrounge up because I can't cook. So it was it was really scrappy by all of us. Yeah. And um, my husband cooked us a really nice meal last night. And I was like, oh my gosh, it feels so good to eat normal meals. Like it really got scrappy from many angles. And yet I I don't regret any of it. Like, no. you know, I don't for a minute regret it because it's hanging and it expresses what I want to express um, it challenged me in ways I wanted to be challenged. It helped me grow in ways, you know, that I wanted to grow. And I think the other thing that I was really thinking about too is my husband has been one of my biggest fans and cheerleaders. And he always has this way of challenging me because he knows what mm -hmm. I'm capable of, but I don't always see that I can do it. Mm -hmm. But it's like he's always got a little bit more belief in me than I have in me. Mm -hmm. And so he would he would be the one that would help me raise the bar. He's like, oh, I think you could do this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? Should mm -hmm. I really? Can I really? You mm -hmm. know, and then the gallery would say, oh, that'd be awesome. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> so it was it's good to have people in your corner that can help see belief in your capabilities that you can't always see. I think we mm. all need people in our lives to, to do that for us because sometimes we're so close that we don't know how simple it could be because what's interesting is the one that I thought was going to be the hardest was one of the easiest ones. And I think that's because I had worked through so much through the volume of it mm. that by, by the time I got to that, it was like, oh, I know you. This is how we're going to do you. And then the next time, this is how I'm going to do you even better. So I never really get too bogged down into, you know, it, it is what it is in the sense mm -hmm. of like, this is my best right now. And then I just learn from that and say, let's put that new vision into the next one instead of beating myself up on what didn't go right with this one, you know, because in the end, no one knows that little magic twist that you want to put to it, which I don't even know, <laughs> honestly, if people notice. <laughs> but you know how we do get obsessed on yeah. these little magic twist things that we do to things. So anyway, 
I think that what's what's amazing and what I'm taking away from our conversation today is that really beautiful combination that it feels to me like you've got a really good handle on and I guess it'll just keep going, which is to have such a desire and a vision, like such a dedication, like a really strong, I'm not even sure <laughs> that desire is a big enough word, but to have that really strong conviction Mm. And yet also at the same time to let go of the control from having that such a strong feeling of what you want to not hold on to it to so tightly to be so controlling about it that you have that what you've just described, which is that exploration and that riding the roller coaster and not trying mm. to hold it in one place, which is exactly what you need to need to do and needed to do and have shown to achieve that vision a lot to unpack I feel like I know just skim the surface really (laughs) but yeah it's it really is this opening you know and less tightening and more open Mm. and more trusting yourself more trusting that you've you have something to share and that what you have is good enough to share and the universe will find a way to make it you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that part. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's more of just stick stick to really being true to who you are and honoring it, like all of it. And I think that's what I'm so excited about in this exhibition. Like I really feel like it's it's the best version of showing all of it, all of me, you know, and and that feels good. I think I'm feeling, you know, satisfied and I guess definitely proud of the work because I know what I put into it. I'm proud of, I'm proud of the effort. I didn't leave anything in the tank. And I feel like I, um, I just feel really satisfied as an artist holding that vision, you know, and just letting that come alive and yeah, sharing it. I mean, do I feel vulnerable? Yes, of course. But I just, yeah, I feel really happy. Like, and that's the other thing. One last word of advice that I have have fun. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There was some crunch. The last week was chaos in terms of what I wanted to accomplish in the amount of time. And, Mm. and you know what I woke up thinking about was like, how can I have fun? How can I have fun? How can I have fun? This is it. Remember, this is it. This is what you asked for. How can I have fun? Yeah, that's fantastic. Honestly, if we don't have fun, what are we doing? Oh, I'm so happy for you and I'm just I'm delighted and congratulations. And now it's all done, everyone. The paintings, it's open today. The paintings are there. Yes. The artwork's there at Fenton and Fenton in Melbourne. So by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have missed the official opening, which is this yeah. Saturday, the, the, yeah. the afternoon with the artist, but you still have time to see it because you've got a week and... Um, failing that for all of those who aren't lucky enough to be able to see it in person like me, we will be devouring those videos and images on Instagram. So please, Michelle, do not hold back from spamming Oh, there'll be no holding back. I mean, just send them direct to me, (laughs) whatever. I've got all the time now to send them. And again, between my detailed shots and videos from the studio to Fenton and Fenton's amazing 
job at presenting them. There's a lot of beautiful images that really capture it very well. And I'm so blessed that they have such an amazing team. It's just a dream. Like, really, it's just so good. They're very good at what they do. So <laughs> I'm just so happy and enjoy the opening and just enjoy all this well-earned celebration of seeing your work in such yes. a wonderful setting. And we will talk again real soon. <laughs>